Are you here? Now look at me. I'm already asking you questions. But here's one more. Why did classical music get so wrapped up with stuffiness? Seriously. Why not inject some lightheartedness into classical music? Well, if you're agreeing with us, check out this. You're going to hear a classical music duo, Gudisman and Jew, give a humorous interview about their concerts. Now, they play classical music, but no, no, they don't take themselves too seriously. Oh, by the way, did you know that the Paul Leslie Hour is made possible by people like you? Uh-huh. You can help keep this show going by visiting www.thepaulleslie.com slash support and you'll know what to do when you get there. We sincerely appreciate your generosity. And now we present our interview with Alexei Igudisman and Hyung Ki Ju, two entertaining and talented classical musicians. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to our interview with Alexei Igudisman and Hyung Ki Ju. Thank you, gentlemen, so much for joining us from across the seas. It's a big pleasure. It's a huge pleasure. Enormous. Normally on the radio, I ask guests the question, who are you? Like, who is Alexei Igudisman? But since I have both of you, I want you to describe the other person. Oh, that's <laughs> very, very crafty. Good yeah, one, very Paul. Mean, very nice very one. Very nice one. It's, it's, it's a good idea. It's a good idea. Well, so well why don't you start? I, I will start and not make it too horrible. So, you know, it doesn't leave much room for Alexei to be so horrible. Um, Alexei Gudesman is basically my first wife. Although when we first met at the age of 12, it was not love at first sight. It was hate at first sight. And I'm not kidding here, but Alexei used to beat me up for almost a good year. And Okay, um, when you say first wife, that means you're actually, uh, you're actually happily married with a beautiful lady. Uh, but we see each other so often that it is, uh, yes. Yes, that's, that's what I mean by Alexei. That has to be corrected because you know, there can be misunderstandings there. As you can see, you can already, you listeners can already tell the sort of vibe of our marriage, of our relationship, that he doesn't even let me talk, and uh, he's interrupting me already. So I as I was saying... As much as you like, you can talk all day. No, no, I don't actually have that much to say about you. I don't have I that love, much to say about you. I love the sound of your voice. <laughs> no, Alexei is my uh, partner in crime, and although we've never committed any crimes illegally... Uh, we have been friends ever since I offered him a portion of fish and chips at the age of 13, and I asked him to stop beating me up. And we realized from an early age on that we had a lot of similar aspirations about how we felt about music and classical music in particular. We've been firm writing partners now for about uh, seven years and uh, touring quite intensively for the last four or five years. Mm, yes, very interesting. It's not really about me, but uh, thank you very much. It was very... <laughs> okay, well, Mr. Jew is a wonderful, wonderful human being. He is, in fact, my sole partner. 
in many, many ways in music. He's an incredible pianist, a wonderful musician, a great humanitarian. <laughs> Shall I go on? <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> uh, he is actually, uh, Mr. Yankee Jew is actually the first Korean Jew that I've ever met. So Happy New Year to you, first of all. Thank you very much. Yeah, indeed. Now, but the, really, the truth is we are two passionate musicians who have uh, maybe a little bit too much of a wicked sense of humor. And uh, we, at a certain point in our lives, we just realized that classical music or the whole thing, the whole scene of classical music is just taking itself way too seriously. And, and that has to be turned on its head. So uh, this is kind of our mission from God. I wanted to ask first, Mr. Jew. Uh, tell me yes. about the early music that you listened to. Your favorites. I presume when you mean early music, you don't actually, you're not actually referring to the Renaissance and Baroque. You actually mean early music as far as when I was a toddler, when I was a baby, yeah, it, right? It's, it's what you listen to at five in the morning, I think he means. <laughs> <laughs> Though I don't personally recollect my early years, my parents told me that I would listen to music nonstop. In fact, and this I do remember, I remember we were, when we were all going shopping and I would pass a store, a record store where they were playing music, I would just freeze and I would be, I would not want to move. I would not want to go from that store. And my parents had no choice but to ask the store owner if they could just look after me for a half an hour or so while they quickly did their shopping and I just uh, stayed in that store and I just listened to everything. And I, um, I, I would ask them, put this on, put that on. And I guess they would rather not have a five-year-old crying. So I listened to everything, really everything from jazz, pop, classical. I loved it all. And what about you, Mr. Goodisman? What, what were you listening to? Oh, uh, you know, uh, Britney Spears. No, just kidding. Uh, I, well, I do appreciate some of her songs. I, I, I was also, I was very eclectic in my, in my uh, listening, or, or, always since I'm a kid. Also, I always used to love, of course, I loved the classical, you know, the classical music, classics, so to speak, you know, from Mozart to Beethoven. But I, pretty early on, I was fascinated by Queen, by Pink Floyd, by, you know, by many great pop music, musicians, also jazz, world music, every type of music. And for, for me, and I think for us, there's only good and great music, really. I mean, we really appreciate old music that is good of quality to us, of course. It's a personal taste. But uh, I think that, that that's kind of the name of the game for us and in, in our shows as well. It's based on classical music, but we do have always, we, we like to mix it up. In, in I wouldn't call it crossover because that has such a negative side. It sounds a little bit too negative these days because it's, it sounds like it's popularized. But I think we just love to cross the genres in order to see the similarities between the different genres. So uh, that's part of the excitement for us. So tell me about the first time that you guys came together. And I mean musically. Was it... I didn't mean it like that. But when you guys came together musically, did you guys feel like, yeah, we've got something? Yeah. Well, well, first of all, we felt like we've got a headache because we, we used to beat each other up, just like Yankee said. But I, I, of course, after a while, we really realized that we have something special together because of the mix of the styles, but also because of our love for theater and for comedy. Isn't that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we, uh, we went to a school called the Yehudi Menuhin School in England, 
And so we, of course, grew up a lot with the British comedy. And, uh, but of course, we were watching the great American comedians as well. And like Alexi said, we had a fantastic drama teacher at the Yehudi Manual School. His name was Kevin Jones. And we, he was really great. He, he opened us to a whole other world. And, and, we, and he took us to the theater and we saw plays. And we also did plays at school. Alexei was in Beckett's Waiting for Godot. I was in Ballad of the Sad Cafe. And, and, I, I was Godot. I was Godot. <laughs> yes, I, I think those years that were really formative and much of the inspiration from that time still lasts today. I mean, there are even some things in our present show, A Little Nightmare Music, that are just almost direct transcripts of what we did already back then in our teenage years. Well, tell everybody a little more about that, the A Little Nightmare Music show that you guys do. Well, the... The thing is, it's very difficult to describe without seeing it. I mean, we sometimes like to call it Mozart meets Monty Python. Basically, it's, it's, it, it, it is a classical concert, but it's a classical concert where everything goes wrong on purpose. And Hence the title, Nightmare. Exactly, yeah. And you don't need to have any kind of knowledge of classical music beforehand. It's, um, it, of course, it, you know, it's, it's a funny show. We, we are actually funny on stage. I'm, I'm sorry. Anyway, and but basically we love things going wrong. And th- th- we've noticed actually that very often in concert halls, when you go to a classical performance of, uh, or any kind of performance really, when something goes wrong, this is where, when the audience really starts to listen. Suddenly a mobile phone rings and people are flabbergasted and appalled, but people are actually awake for once. So we planned a whole lot of things that may or may not go wrong into the show. And we cannot actually say too many things. Otherwise, you know, you, you wouldn't be so surprised when you go and see it. I see. So you guys have gotten the chance to perform together in many different places. It's really quite astounding. The, the number of places around the world you guys have been able to perform. Could you guys, between the two of you, could you pick mm. a favorite place that you guys have performed? Wow. I mean, there are so many places, I mean, that we, we love performing in the U.S. because the, the audiences in the U.S. are just so warm and receptive and, and they're just ready to I, have a, such a great laugh. I, I think it's probably the most open, open public that we've had. We've got great public everywhere, but in the U.S. And we had, an, I have to say, the U.S., uh, the New York performance we had uh, last year at the 92nd Street Y was just amazing. I mean, the audience, it was screaming with laughter, but next second it was as quiet, so quiet and listening to every single note that we were playing. So I think... What, if- happens, what happens in our show is, though it's filled with all kinds of, for want of a better word, jokes, let's say, there is also music that's seriously played. And and one thing that's very important for people that may not have seen us live or seen us on YouTube is that we don't we're not making fun of the music. We're having fun with the music. And this is a very, very important distinction for us. And we noticed that, for example, a lot of the audiences that come to our show, I mean, first of all, people have to realize that just like you said, our show is really open to anybody. We have had kids at our show. We've had people, we've had three generations. We, we've had grandmother, Several mother, and daughter. 
several times. We we have photos to prove it. Actually, the the granddaughter, the mother, and the gra- uh, grandmother. We haven't had a great grandmother there yet. So no, not yet, to- not yet. But we've also have people who are classical music connoisseurs, and we also have people who've never even heard of classical music or have never even walked into a concert hall. And so it's a very exciting mix. And wherever we've played in the world it's always going to be very different. Actually, it differs from city to city. It's hard to generalize. It's hard to even pinpoint and say a country, an audience from a particular country reacts in such a way because you just go to the next town an hour away and, and it's already very different. And that's great for us because we love to try and fit in, so to speak. We love to try and react to what we're feeling from the audience and seeing where they're going and what they're laughing at. So that turns us on. Mr. Jew, I'd like to ask you also about the album that you recorded with Billy Joel. Yes. Tell us about that experience. I mean, any experience that that Alexei and I have outside of all our projects and shows as a good as mine and Jew is only gives us more inspiration for what we do. Obviously, working with a musician that's as wonderful as Billy and he's so open and actually the great thing about working with Billy is that he has a fantastic sense of humor and he's an absolute he's absolutely madly in love with classical music so I guess that's why we both got along and actually he's even inspired us for some skits and we recently Alexei and I we recently did an arrangement of one of his songs and we didn't tell him about it he came to our show at the Newport Music Festival and we just surprised him. We said, oh, our next piece is a little arrangement of one of Billy Joel's songs. Oh, and he happens to be here in the audience, and let's see what happens. So, and he liked it very much. It was a very, very special experience for me because this man has so much love and warmth for classical music, and he wants to do so much for classical music, very similarly to what Alexei and I want to do. So we were all both on the same, uh, same path. This question is for Alexei. Yes. On the violin, who are your biggest influences? Oh, that's manifold, actually, as well. I think definitely one of the biggest influences I had a big pleasure with playing with for several years. We we had a show together as a Goodisman and Jew with uh, Gidon Kramer. And we, we toured together with Gidon and his orchestra. We actually wrote a, sh- a show around Gidon called Being Gidon Kramer, where... I gave Gidon a, a violin lesson and, and, you know, all sorts of little episodes, fictional episodes from his life and, and things from the recording studio and, and making music with him was just a dream come true. So he's definitely a big influence. Of course, also an influence, I have to say, is Julian Rachlin, who uh, is a, you know, wonderful Russian, Lithuanian, Jewish, Austrian violinist, <laughs> a great performer. And he's actually our oldest friend. He's based in Vienna and we see him a lot. And, and we play very often at his uh, festival in Dubrovnik. We just played there right now. The great thing is in recent years, we've become very close friends with a lot of violinists. And we've we've got a, sh- a show coming up where we are featuring Victoria Mulova, the wonderful Russian violinist who is also participating in doing some crazy and fun things with us. Otherwise, I think these days uh, there's many wonderful violinists who I even love now. I mean, they're, they're influences now in a way because uh, they're friends, but yet again, they play so wonderfully. Joshua Bell is a friend, Janine Janssen, there's so, so many around. And maybe of the old-style violinists, hmm, one of the violinists I love the most, I think both of us love the most, is Jeanette Neveu. 
wonderful French violinist. This next question is for Mr. Jew. What is something about Alexi that would surprise us? <laughs> what is something about Alexi that would not surprise you? <laughs> you know, what? even if you see Alexei on stage and even if you would fall in love with him and even if you would find him hilarious, nothing that he does on stage compares to how he is in real life. This man is scarily funny in real life if he doesn't realize that anyone is watching him. So that's, <laughs> that's my answer to that. You'd have to see me. I'm on radio. I don't look so good. Well, I think you know what question is coming next for Alexi. Yes. What's something about Mr. Jew that would surprise us? Well, <laughs> yes. Well, many Go things. Go for it. Don't hold back. Go for it. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. I mean, he is. I think that what might surprise you is that he is the world's fastest toothbrusher in the world. I think not many That's people true. know that. That is but true. He, he holds the unofficial world record for two things, actually, for the fastest toothbrushing and for the most amount of different laughs. This man has so many different types of laughs. It's, it's, not, even, it's not even funny. Uh, in fact, uh, I mean, we're working on a new show called And Now Mozart, hopefully to come out next year. And I, I hope that he, he's working on a number right now where he's going to incorporate all these different laughs into one single number. So this number might last a couple of hours. <laughs> for the last question, this is for both of you. Yes. For anyone who's listening to this broadcast, wherever they are in the world, what would you like to say to all the people who are listening in? <laughs> well, we would love to say that you have to, I mean, all of this, all of our ranting on is nothing like us being on stage so the best would be just to come uh, and see us perform or see us on youtube actually that's one of the things that we're really grateful for i mean we've been watched now over 25 million times on youtube which is extraordinary for us because it, it just opens so many so many doors to so many people outside the classical music world you can see us in the u.s plenty live we will be coming back we love our fans we love to sign photographs afterwards we take pictures we spend seven hours afterwards partying with our fans <laughs> it's it's a wild ride anything to add mr jew i uh, no absolutely no that, that's it you you said everything on my list i, I was just ticking them ticking them along as you said it. <laughs> well let me ask you this then mr jew do you have any yes. words of wisdom like and let it be you know <laughs> it's it's very hard for me to be original because I have to admit that I listened quite recently to your wonderful interview with Jeff Daniels, and I really, really enjoyed that. And he, he just stole the show in my mind. So I, I thought that what he had to say at the end of your interview, which was to fall in love with tomorrow, I mean, you can't beat that. So that's yeah, just... That's just that. So why don't you just repeat that? Go on, just say the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Not everybody... So, I, you know, I think one of the things that's kept me sane for many years is something which I came up with, which is that not everyone loves chocolate. I don't know how wise that is, but it's helped me through, through difficult times. So whenever someone has not been appreciative of anything that I've said or done, I just think, well, not everybody likes chocolate. Not that I'm comparing myself to chocolate, but... Uh, <laughs> 
but you are very, very sweet. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, so I think that's, that's the saying for today. Not everyone likes chocolate. I like that, actually. I like that a lot. Well, yeah, gentlemen, I have enjoyed. I like both of you. So well, thank, thank you. Thank so you much. very much. This is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. <laughs> we, 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 we will pick this up when you are in Atlanta. Fantastic. Sounds fantastic. All right. Let's do that. All right, gentlemen. Goodbye. Thank you so much, Paul. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, the entertainer, written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano, the traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.